here we are, uh, first day of South by Southwest in the books, yep. right? Many of us are our first time experience even in Austin, Texas. Um, but let's talk about what do we think, what do we find um, today at EdTrex uh, South by Southwest. Uh, well, first off, uh, I'm, I'm Matt Winters. Uh, I am a ELA teacher in Utah. Um, there is so much cool stuff and like it's hard, like I've been trying to explain it to you guys all night and like some of the stuff comes off really good and some of it comes off really hard. I don't know how I'm going to translate most of it back to my classroom, but I think the coolest thing was just the first session where they did, it was the, what was that group called? The Moth. The Moth. The moth. Yeah, the storytelling yeah. group who, uh, just that lady's story um, about her husband who had cancer and getting up and telling a speech. That like that automatically was Crystal made, Duckhart. Yeah, Crystal Duckhart. She made me automatically go, okay, I'm not teaching a research essay this year anymore. I'm teaching, <laughs> we're going to do a speech and we're going to have to like learn how to do that because it translates really well to the second part of the sign, which is writing a letter. So it's even better to do both of those together. So that was my first like, duh, aha, amazing moment up front. You, you know what I got out of that? And I'm Quinn Henderson, by the way. So I'm a technology coordinator and a design thinking teacher um, on the high school level. But same along those lines, too, the big moments or big themes that I got out of that this morning were, were vulnerability. Right. A yeah. lot of them really showed vulnerability in some kind of situation, but it helped create relationships um, with the students or with people that really made that change. And so really what I took out of that more than anything is what, what can I do to be more vulnerable, to put myself out there a little bit more? And if I put myself out there a little bit more, I might, might get a little more back in, in return. And it's hard sometimes, I think, when you're teaching to kind of close yourself off a little bit. But yeah, moth stories were an incredible way to get, get the morning started. Can I share? I brainstormed how I was going to be more vulnerable when I got back, and I thought... How about I pull up my Twitter feed of all the things I posted while I was oh, gone at this conference? Idea. They constantly make fun of me for spelling oh. things incorrectly. I'm sure there's a couple, but it will be, hey, here's my highlights. You had a sub. I had this fabulous opportunity. Thanks for being patient with me having no, no. to be gone. Well, you, who are you? Oh, I'm Jenna Augustine. I teach ELA um, for 7th and 8th graders. Yeah, we've got uh, a lot of English language arts teachers in this discussion. Yeah, I'm feeling a little left yeah, out yeah. in this so. one. I'm kind of the odd, odd one out. So if it gets too literary in here, then I might have to... We'll, we'll try to keep the literary allusions to a minimum so Quinn can actually uh, be a part of this discussion. Yeah. We're All right. well, English well, well, Blake, tell him, tell him what you do. So I'm Blake Bockle. I'm an English language arts teacher in northern Utah. In the first day of South by Southwest, I, as an English language arts teacher, I just saw a huge emphasis on telling your own story. That moth thing at the beginning, I have never heard of it before, but I guarantee my students next year, we're starting off with the moth story, where students talk about a story. Uh, the question that I, the, the facilitator asked was, I used to be blank, but now I'm blank. So what would you say for that? you want to share? Well, I sat next to a guy that um, I didn't want to really share too much, so I, so I said, I used to be shy, but now I'm confident. Okay. Uh, so that's what I, what I went with. Um, there are a lot of more reflective things I, I did. I, I think about, uh, but which speaks to the vulnerability. Issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and if I'm really going to be honest, I I used to be cynical about education for a little bit, um, but now after attending South by Southwest, I'm a whole lot more optimistic about my profession, about what I do, and the in the impact I can have on um, on my students' lives, and and 
I, I attending South by Southwest has renewed me. It's invigorated me, and it's been a very positive experience. Well, we're only on the first day. Yeah, I know. I mean, we I got know. several more days yeah. to go, so save some room. Yeah, probably, so maybe right? by the end of it, I used to be energetic, but now I'm exhausted by, <laughs> yeah. by, by day four. I mean, this is like Comic-Con, but for teacher nerds. Like, this is incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to have brain capacity, and now I'm brain capacity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Too much good information. I think one of my keynotes the whole, whole day was the idea of getting outside your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sat at a table and it was the coolest experience and it was hip hop architecture in the afternoon which like the concept is amazing the like it's one of those things that earlier like I have a hard time explaining but like I was sitting there with people from New York I ran into a lot of people from New York at this conference which is great um, a person from California and Silicon Valley and then a couple people from Chicago and I'm like in the middle from nowhere basically in Utah and it like we're talking about something that isn't really well known in Utah. We're talking about hip hop. We're talking about architecture, and it just made me step outside my comfort zone. But because the people were so inclusive and engaging, it was so easy to come into the conversation and have something to say and add, and then also just be a part of. I mean, it's it's been great. You guys have an experience with that today at all? Getting outside the comfort zone? No. Well, I think we were kind of forced out of the side of the com- comfort zone. So I sat down in the rigorous whimsy. Uh, session this afternoon, oh, and of course, you know it's going to take you outside of your comfort zone when you see Legos and Play-Doh, and <laughs> pipe cleaners, and all of that on the table. And just while things are getting going, your your first task is to sculpt something, your philosophy of learning or teaching. So that already kind of is going to take you outside of your comfort zone a little bit, because here you're going to go create something pretty abstract that nobody's going to really understand without explanation. So you kind of put yourself out there a little bit. Uh, for that as well. But same thing, I sat down and I was next to somebody from New York again. So there's kind of a, a central thing. But I really enjoyed um, that session because it did take you outside your comfort zone through the whole thing. There were activities throughout that took you outside. And your shameless zone. plug zone here. Uh, his notes from that session, Quinn's notes from that session, are amazing. They're funny, they're colorful, and the Oreo challenge looked like it was a great activity. I needed to hear more about that. At some What's point. the Oreo but challenge? But you can check out those at what was the website again? Uh, edtrex.net um, you'll find all the Twitter feeds going in there or just go find edtrexpd you'll be able to find it on there or the edtrex hashtag um, so hopefully um, you'll be able to find a lot of the ideas that we're sharing here and kind of some resources that we've shared out through those as well but I had so much fun taking notes in that and I, I could hardly keep up because I could take a picture of this could take a picture of that and I want to summarize just that session real quick and it was um, uh, given that the quote that I took away from that, that I'll, I'll carry with me into the classroom, it says, and I hope I get this right, right? It's, uh, if not, check my Twitter feed. Um, but it was, if they build it, they will get it, right? <laughs> so here's taking, take, yeah, yeah if, you, if they build it, they will come type of thing. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. So here you are just building something. And they gave some great examples of students taking their passion and creating something to tie that to the idea or the concept that they're working on. So something they love to something they're trying to connect with, help build stronger connections. So that was one thing I took away from that. Can, can you say something quickly about the Oreo challenge too? Well, can you yeah. explain that for like 30 seconds? Well, I could talk all day about Oreos, first of all. I don't know. That's, that's yeah. a passion of mine, speaking of passions. But essentially we were given an Oreo cookie and the challenge was to take that cookie and make it represent something in a way. And so I took it as, and, and they, they gave you a prompt of, you know, a, a concept you're teaching in your class or 
uh, a philosophy type of, of thing. And so in my class where I teach design thinking, one of my favorite things to talk about is risk. And that's something I don't think we talk about a lot of. And so you're to take that cookie and manipulate it in some way, and you could have used the other tools there or draw around it. And so I just took took the Oreo cookie, and I, I just took the two sides apart, stacked them on top of each other, and basically drew a, a stick figure guy standing on top, balancing, taking a little risk. And so that was my illustration of, you know, take a little risk, you're going to fall, but you'll learn, get back up, and then finally eat the cookie. That was essentially what I took out of that. But but what a, just a simple creative challenge uh, to kind of get, get that flowing. So I'm sure some of you guys had some moments like that today as well um, in some of your sessions. I just wanted to build off of the New York theme and also <laughs> so much design thinking going on. I attended a session put on by high school students from New York. They are called uh, D for I, which is Design for Impact, and they focus on social entrepreneurship. And talk about a comfort zone shift. They were facilitating tables of teachers teaching us design thinking. And most of my table knew design thinking and had at least attempted it in our classrooms. But I worked with a sophomore named Lila, and she was able to help us frame our problem and to discuss logical solutions, pragmatic solutions, radical solutions, and implementable solutions. And we were able to brainstorm all of those, but then start ideating the most implementable one. Talk about if they build it, they will get it. Yeah. I mean, those, those kids are already teachers. And, and they get it, right? Yeah, and they so understand they the process. Right, and that's the that's, uh, same thing I experienced earlier in, uh, it was the student projects or the student businesses that they were putting together. Um, and this is the same thing that I picked up, but it was all social-based. It was very, very, very concerned. Yeah, very concerned and addressing problems. It wasn't just about them making some money. So it gave you this big sense of hope in a way when, when the students come out and they say, hey, I want to tackle this big challenge or tackle this big challenge. It's not, I want to be the next millionaire or billionaire coming from some of those kids. It was, I just want to make a difference. Experience the same thing. That's awesome. Speaking to that, I attended a session where we talked about those challenges and they gave them a name. They called them wicked. So a wicked challenge is something that is not solved by any of the conventions we're already familiar with. And they challenged us to have those be the questions we're asking students. But they also countered that challenge by saying, if your faculty isn't tackling wicked problems, if you're not discussing it with faculty yet, you need to realize that you might not be ready to facilitate it with your students. I thought that was telling. Going along with uh, um, the hip hop, ar I love that session, so I'm gonna be talking about it a lot, but um, <laughs> hip hop architecture. Um, there was a quote in there where one of the guys said, um, speaking the lingua franca of students helps them to understand and comprehend ideas. And just like the idea of like framing a problem as a wicked problem like this is something that is wicked or amazing or like it, it, that, that, that right there puts it into a language that they can actually figure out hey I understand how to do this and it speaks the language of the student rather than us trying to get them to speak our language which is so important. I love this idea too that we're empowering students to solve the world's problems mm. and I think that's a powerful idea we're not just telling students what the problems are and what's worked or what hasn't, but we are now trusting this next generation. This generation right now is getting a lot of flack. They're swallowing Tide Pods. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know what? The, the, no matter how negatively this generation is portrayed in the media, I have so much faith in this rising generation. Mm -hmm. And these kids are going to inherit a tough world, uh, but I'm confident they're going to be able to solve the problems of their generations. And I think it's going to start in our classrooms 
where we introduce our students to these problems and say, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to solve these problems? And I love that's that's the idea of the makerspace kind of design thinking. Design thinking. It's, it's solve the problem. Yeah. Yeah, just thinking, well, the, the whole wicked idea, I just, I love that word. I can't wait to take that word back to my students so in my good. class and let's solve some wicked problems, right? And they, they are, they're, or wicked challenges, I like to frame them as, as challenges too. Um, but yeah, that that's one word I think I could yeah. take back that I think would actually just change. Didn't, didn't change you lead a thing. session like that of design thinking of one of the wicked problems and in one of the schools you were talking to kids about was uh, absenteeism. And well, yeah, that's one of the projects I've worked on with the teacher is chronic absenteeism. That's, that's a wicked that's problem. That's a wicked problem in that school. And so with that administrator, we've been going through the design process with those with a, a student design team that's helping solve yeah. those problems. But but that's getting the students to see that there's a problem. I think that's that's kind of step one. But then empowering them mm -hmm. to, to do something about it. I think that's kind of the next step. But give them the tools. We don't. We might not know what those problems are that they're going right. to have to solve. So we've got to give them the framework to, to think big to solve those wicked problems. Going deeper with wicked problems, I just want to cite that source. Her name was Julie Shell, and she was a. Now you're trying to read your handwriting. Right? I know. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you should have typed. Yeah. I should have typed at these rocket books. She was a design thinking expert. She was actually a professor. And one thing she spoke about with design thinking in students and actually the problem of misteaching design thinking is we have to accept that every wicked problem is an iceberg. And we as facilitators have to be able to help them go deep enough to find the, issue, the core issue behind it. So I appreciated that because I often see my junior high kids blaming homework on the teacher I, I accept that's sometimes the issue, but sometimes a lack of self-discipline during the class can cause some homework problems too and helping them find the source of the wicked problem. Well, I think there's, there's a big thread today as well, and I think it's a thread at any EDU conference. Um, a lot of discussions right now are talking about empowering. Um, design thinking empowers students and empowers the teacher. The technology empowers the teacher if it's used correctly, but we're like this idea of empowering people to make decisions that help them create classrooms or educational systems that actually are authentic experiences for the students. That's the goal. And I, I don't know, I think that's kind of what comes through the most for me this, today, that and getting pushed out of my comfort, comfort zone a bit. One of the big themes that I got, I touched on it earlier. We could change topics. Go, yeah, go for it. Uh, yeah. Go, go, going back to, like, just, I love the, the keynote session, the power of, of telling your own story. I went to one session. I was, I was a little frightened to go to, uh, but it ended up being the best session. It, uh, it, it was, I, I hate to use this cliche hyperbole, but it was life-changing. It was the one about um, using YouTube to help um, connect with uh, LGBTQ plus students. Wow. And it was, it was a powerful, powerful presentation. One of the first things they talked about is just the power of YouTube in and of itself. Um, usually with media, you've got, uh, you've got TV producers, movie executives, um, and they're, they're creating the narratives, they're pushing the narratives. It's this top-down thing, and then we discuss those narratives. Um, but the power of YouTube lies in we all get to now craft our own narratives, upload it, and, be, and begin it. And um, I don't remember who started the uh, hashtag, it gets better... Um, theme. I, I don't remember the two individuals who did it, 
but they got together and they shared their story. It was a vulnerable story. It was their story. They were able to, to, to craft the narrative about it. And they were hoping to get just a, a few hundred people telling their it gets better stories, but it ended up being thousands and thousands of people did this. And now you've got this community who's come together online and been able to find their own stories online. And it was a really powerful, powerful um, thing, that, that uh, idea that, that's helped me, this, the ability to, to tell and craft your own story. Well, and I, the thing I like about using the YouTube platform, I mean, that's a tool like students use already. Yeah, and tons of people are on to it. Them. Talking about reaching students is, is where do the students go? Right? They're going to go to YouTube. They're going to go to social media. And do, do teachers do enough of that to help make that connection? Right? Are we using the same tools they're using to better speak their language? So, yeah, YouTube's powerful. It was, yeah, yeah. Great place it, it, to tell yeah. your story. Yes. Well, and then along with that, one of the things that you're hinting at, I think that this comes out, there was a session I went to about AR, VR, and AI today that was just so much information in such a short span of time. It was only a 30-minute <laughs> session. And, like, I walked out of there, like, I walked up to the lady, I was like, okay, I get all of what you just said, but where do I start? Where would you say teachers need to start with this? And basically her answer and what she got at is that, and what you're saying with YouTube is there's always been a divide between creator of a product and the consumer of the product. Right. But now with education, the tools that we have, and they're only getting better and there's only getting more of them is that there's that wall is breaking down yes is that the creators can be the consumers the consumers can be the creators and it can be broadcast to millions of people and it can be in a myriad of formats from a really cool ar experience that a student makes through like product like unity or something like that to a heavy duty youtube video story mm -hmm. or a simple like what we're doing right here podcast like the moth does as well and so there's tons and tons of things that you, uh, that can help break down those barriers and get the students into authentic situations where they're actually a part of the community, a global community, maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Well, no, what, I, what I hear again there is, is just create, yeah. right? Create something and you kind of get it. It's like sometimes even as teachers, until we kind of create that lesson or create that plan or create something out of that, it, it almost doesn't click for us sometimes until we actually go and sit and create. I, I would challenge, you know, how many of us actually sit and create with our students? You know, that, or do we just sit back and, and watch a lot of the times? So, I mean, talk about a, a shift just in this conversation that makes me think, oh, wow, I, I need, if I go create with them, if I go through yeah. the process with them, we need, we then... Need that that's gonna show some vulnerability. Yeah. If I fail in front of them, that's gonna, gonna <laughs> we, help we need, them. We need understand a model of being vulnerable and, and human. Speaking of of uh, failures, I have to show a story. Oh, so we don't like, have that much time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. There's too many of those to go in there. No, that that same lady that I that, the AR VR AI. I went up and talked to her, and I was like, "Can I record this?" And I, I went on the live <laughs> on Twitter, and I clicked record, and like ten seconds into her question, it blanked out on a screen on me, and I was like. Um, Twitter just quit on me. I still want to hear your answer. Keep talking to me. And she was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> just kept talking. I was like, oh. Hey, yeah, it's going to fail, though. Yeah. Right? I mean, what a perfect learning opportunity at that point. That's that's something. And I, you start to see a shift right now um, in education about failure. And the conversations, I think, getting better around failure, that it's okay to fail. That's how we learn. Yeah. And uh, that's one thing I, I work on every day with myself and talking to my students is I'm more concerned that you can learn this process and that if you fail, you learn from that failure and how you would 
do that to iterate on whatever it is you're working on. Well, think about this. So the, the adage, and you guys can probably attest to this more than Quinn can. No offense, uh, Quinn. <laughs> IT, <laughs> teachers. <laughs> okay, I see what yeah. But you could probably get into this as well. But um, teach training college, I mean, one of the keynote things that they pretty much every professor told me was good teachers are good thieves. They steal. Yes. You guys hear that one? Oh, I know where you're going with this. I can relate. Go ahead. But, but, <laughs> but wouldn't it be amazing if we lived in an educational world, uh, even if it was just in our s- district, our state, our, our country, where it was the adage wasn't teachers are good thieves, it's teachers are good creators. Ooh. They're able to build something that actually is worthwhile and feel like they can fail and they have the time to create. It's embedded into the, their, their professional development, their ability to actually build things to show the students how to do it. And taking, taking even beyond that, and some of the conversations we had today, I don't remember if it was with this group, but not only are they thieves, so they're looking to see what they can take, right, at any point. But what do they give? What do they give to other teachers? Mm, yeah. Sometimes there's such a mentality sometimes, like, I created this. I'm not just going to go give it up. Yeah. I put all of this work into it. When really you want to, that, that, if we just build on that knowledge and share that knowledge, we can do that. And that's kind of, that's the goal of, of, of this project, is this podcast, is to share that knowledge and to yeah. get it out there as fast as we can. And that brings kind of full circle in a way back to that statement this morning was, I was... Now I am. Did I get the way I. I've, I've got that. I was what I was. Now. I used to be, but now I am. Okay, so now I'll do that. I used to be, and this is what I wrote, and I tweeted this one out. I used to be closed, but now I'm open. And that's really because my mentality was I put all this work into it, or I did all of this. I don't want to share. I didn't want to be vulnerable, right? I didn't want to tell my story. I was afraid of what people would think. But I've learned that if I'm open and I share, only what happens, like we're sharing now, is we build on those ideas, and I get more ideas, and I grow. I grow faster when I'm open and open to ideas. And so that's kind of where where I think I sit at the end of the day is that open. This whole thing has been open. It's been sharing. And all of the presenters that I've seen today, the people that I've come in contact with just, just attending, they're open. They're willing to share. And when you're surrounded by those people, it's it's incredible. It's like energizing. That's why we're sitting around here recording our thoughts and our ideas. Um, and with, you know, we got three more days of being open with teachers and being open to new pedagogy. Um, anything you guys are excited about for tomorrow, quickly? Anything that you guys have on your schedules? Oh. I don't plan that far in advance. I'm a teacher. Uh, like, <laughs> I was going to look at that. About that yeah, yeah, like... Uh, I'm just excited. Like, I, I don't know, like, I think it's either tomorrow or, thir- or uh, Wednesday, the... Dungeons and Dragons thing. I've been looking forward to that. Yeah, that's all you've talked about, I think, for the last month. (laughs) Dungeons and Dragons. Are you you going to have students roll and see what their fate is? Oh, we did that last week. Yeah, Oregon Trail. Like the Oregon Trail. Trail. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was great. Well, with that, uh, we'll get back at you guys tomorrow with more stuff from South by Southwest. That's right, yeah, tomorrow, uh, EdTrex, day two. We'll do a a rewind in the meantime. Follow the EdTrex hashtag, hashtag EdTrex, or any of our explorers that are out there looking and uh, finding those nuggets and moments of awesomeness at South by Southwest. 